welcome back welcome welcome jesus cash you good i hope that i hope that sound is in this recording it's just cash gagging casually in the background like upside down now courtesy of Lexi's dog cash just fucking gagged into the microphone it's fine that's fine um welcome back this is week three of the fairytale feb and this week we are doing a cinderella retelling we did uh, a bridgerton novel actually which is like I don't know. We don't do a lot of historicals on this pod. That's because you don't like historicals. Because, yeah, because I don't like historicals. So we actually don't do that many. Um, but this week we did an offer from a gentleman. So Benedict's story um, by Julia Quinn, obviously. Uh, which is, yeah, Cinderella retelling. This was yeah. Lexi's choice. Because I have Although, read... to be fair, all of them except Hook was your choice. Yes. Hook I picked. I have far superior taste in books. It's been established. Um, but I have read all the... Have you read all of the Bridgertons? Except for On the Way to the Wedding, which is the last one. Is What was what year is this? I think it's 2001. That's when my... Because I have an original mm-hmm. print of this book with the step back. Yeah, you do. And I think it was 2001. First... Because I don't think Julia mm-hmm. Quinn's that old. Two... <laughs> 2001. I got spray from that sneeze. This <laughs> is a large sneeze. I hope you um, heard that. That 2001. Yeah, you're right. This is 2001. And then the epilogues are also in this one. Because the copy that I read is the, the copies that were released when the Bridgerton Netflix series was yeah. started. And I now that I've read this book too, I'm kind of disappointed that they're skipping Benedict's season this coming one. I think it's and just going right to Penelope and Colin. So the thing, if they followed all the books, they would it because like um, this happens right after Anthony's book. Yeah, like me almost immediately, after. almost immediately well, after. Like he gets, he well, has. It's like a two year, kids. It's like a year or so after because at this point. Lady Bridgerton has moved out of the Bridgerton mansion, mansion and Anthony has, has moved, moved in. in. And then she now lives. They have like a new home and townhouse I, that's like a couple blocks away. Basically. Yeah, I forgot what they call it, but it like later in, in the books, they refer to her house as something else other than the Bridgerton, yeah, it's not the Bridgerton house. Um, but Benedict's book, not Benedict, <laughs> Colin's book, oh, Colin. which is the next. Yeah. The next one with in Penelope. the series. It jumps ahead like eight years. So that's why I'm kind of confused because I how think they're going to make Because the work. problem is, is if they did it the way the books are doing it, they would have three stories going at once. Because after this, it, it jumps ahead three years. You have Colin, Eloise, Eloise and Francesca's book all happening at the same like time. Like concurrently. So then it's interesting that they chose to do Colin's story next. I think in the it's just because Netflix. they're like, they're kind of like fan favorite. Because of the Penelope show. being also. Down. Yeah. And also at the end of season two, they kind of like revealed who she revealed is. Revealed to Eloise at least who she is. And I think, I don't think they could have kept that a secret for more than another season in order to withhold it so they could do 
season four as book four. The thing is, is that doesn't Penelope stop doing Whistledown at the end of her, in the end of her book? No, I think she's, she's, I think she stops at the end of when, when her and Connie Oh, yeah, 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 she does. And the, but then, but also she, they announced that she's Whistledown. Yeah. At the end of her book. But then. Actually, um, Colin announces it. Yeah. He's a little fucking shit. I'm not a huge fan of Colin. Of, I'm not a huge fan of Colin in his book. I'm a huge fan of Colin in the other books. Yeah. But in his book, he's just a little fucking shit, and I don't like Cause, him. Because um, in this book, Whistledown plays a pretty decent, like she's mentioned, A, she's like, there's still starts, the letters. You start every chapter with Whistledown. With a Whistledown. And Which is like what it is in all the books besides... Um, after Penelope's. After Penelope's. After book four. But the thing is, is that um, Sophie in this book talks about the Whistledown column and how yeah. she wants to be in it. So yeah, she's I'm just fan. confused in how that will work for the Netflix um, adaption because I did really like the first two seasons of the Bridgerton. And I'm now that I've read this, the third book, because this book is book three. I, think, I, I also think it was kind of like they didn't know what to do with Benedict in the show because they've taken a route with Benedict that's a little... It's, I wouldn't say it's super different. No. But it's a little an, different from yeah. what he is Because he's an artist. Books. But yeah. In this, he just sounds kind of like a nice guy. He's like the classic next door guy next door who's just nice. I guess. I mean, like... I think Anthony obviously was the hot commodity one because yeah, because he's the viscount. He's the viscount, and then Colin is the one who f- just fucks off and does what he travels. wants. But then again, like th- I mean, but then to be fair too, like uh, Benedict is the spare. I mean, they're all spares. When you start having like eight kids, yeah. But in this case, like Benedict would be number yeah. two. So like, yeah. I mean, okay. You know so- what's funny is this is totally off track. So when you start, um, when you start Bridger- the Bridgerton series, Lady Bridgerton is, I would say, early forties. Like right now, she sh- she would be mid forties because okay, her that makes and sense. Dad got married at eighteen. Well, when she was eighteen, and, and he was like twenty something. Yeah. Uh, and then she started popping kids out, and yeah. it was like they're really close together. Besides Hyacinth and. Gregory yeah because they had Del- Daf- Delphine or Daphne Daphne and then it's like a couple years after then there's Eloise who is like t- two three years younger and then yeah and then Francesca's like a year after Eloise and then Gregory yes. is four years after Francesca and then Hyacinth is like three or four years after Gregory because he dies before Hyacinth is born. is born. Yeah. Yeah. And in this book, the dad has been gone eight years? No, no, no. How, cause how more than that. More than uh, that? Because like, Anthony no, would have been... No, no, Because Hyacinth is like 14. Oh, in this book. Okay. Because he... Yeah. Okay. So it would have so been longer been than 14. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. I mean, obviously, this is historical, and this is a this is a fairy tale retelling. Like this is a Cinderella retelling. Yes. But after, basically, once they re meet at the I'm trying to think of who's the house they meet at when she's the maid and she tries to leave. 
Yeah, I don't remember the. Basically, the when they meet again, it deviates from the Cinderella story, and like it's not really. It's just like that first part is the Cinderella. Yeah, well, I mean, like the the part of, I think the most, who is she most and retelling is like they meet at a ball, a masquerade ball. Yeah, and then she leaves like a piece of clothing, and then he's trying to find her. I think that is the main story of what. Cin- the Cinder- any Cinderella retail- yeah okay let's is. circle back to that because I want to talk about like this as a retailing after but what are tropes is there besides that it's just the- those are the two like obviously yeah obviously historical um age gap um yeah the only thing with age gap is I feel like you almost can't mention those in historicals because guess, it's like, like this given. is a normal because she's by the time they get together She's 23, 22 or 23, and he's 30. And that's, like, really normal. If anything, that's young, old for her. Yeah. I mean, like, once you get into the next couple books, it's old. Like, they're considered old. Yeah. But, yeah. Technically, yes. Because if she, like, was born in a proper family, she'd be her, like, she'd be on... she would have been been coming out like the the when they originally met she was 20 that would have been normal for her to get married to benedict he would have been like 20 but she probably would have like seven had her first season as in like 17 18. yeah 17, 17 18. okay age gap is that the only age thing gap? you can think of um rich boy what's the case i was thinking about this it's not i wanted to say princess and the popper but like it's not like um like royalty almost where he's like like there's a class difference like what is the what is the trope called you know what i'm talking about right i know what you're talking about but i don't think there's a specific trope i think you would just call it like a class difference no like a billionaire kind of but like it almost kind of feels like that because he's like significantly different class than she is because like at the end of the book they have to like they, they can't be in London because it's such a scandal that he married such a lower class that they're like yeah we're we're like not really in society like we have to leave. He didn't, he didn't want to be in London anyway. I think yeah, he, so they obviously it, could have made it work if they wanted to stay in London, but I don't think he wants to stay in London. He, yeah, but the the main Hell, he reason he doesn't they live leave. in London for most of the year anyway. Does he live at that house that he cottage? He lives in the, the cottage, and that's where they moved to at the end. Yeah. Okay, that was what I got out of it too. Um. Let's see. Yeah, Regency. Yeah, Regency, historical. That's really all of the tropes. And then retelling is the only other one. That's like, yeah, this this isn't a really tropey book. Okay. Uh, definitely no trigger warnings in this. Uh, actually, that's a lie. She's almost raped. Oh. Although, yeah. It, it isn't like, it isn't like, like it's yes almost raped but like it's not like it goes very far like he saves her before anything really happens you know mm-hmm. so like i would say that is a little trigger warning but they're very nonchalant about it to be honest yeah she wasn't they never really i mean they bring it up obviously when like anytime he's trying to ask her to be his mistress and anytime it, it, it's like how'd you guys meet and it's like oh he saved me and like that's brought up yeah but it, they are very like yeah just very like yeah he saved me from being raped like it's so casual 
super cash the way that they talk about it yeah and she's like she's not i wouldn't say she's like not traumatized by it but like but like also not she kind of gets over it really quick um it also could be the fact that because it's a regency like this is a historical romance and as women in that time yeah probably she probably had encountered obviously not as like in a dire kind of situation that he had to save her in, but she probably encountered like rich, the rich like dudes and men that she's been serving in their house for, like trying to take advantage of her. In. Cause like, yeah, it was very nonchalant, but I can't tell if that's just like because of the time and the time being very like, that's just a thing. Like, like the threat of rape, to women is just like a normal thing so it becomes less of a like big deal because it's like a normal worry that women just like have basically mm-hmm. yeah they were very yeah. nonchalant oh about and that. virgin heroine heroine oh yeah virgin heroine that's true but then again most regencies are virgin um this is okay so this is a 3.95 on goodreads and would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I would say that's, that's accurate. I think the thing is when I was going into reading all the Bridgerton books, this one, and obviously I think we've listened to a couple of podcasts. Where they've, we, yeah, they've, they've read, covered. This one is not as widely loved. No. I think everyone obviously loves the Viscount Who Loves Me. Yes. And, and the Penelope's book. And, and Romancing Colin. Mr. Bridgerton. But this one is very, like, hit or miss. Like, you either love it or you either hate it. Interesting. I really enjoyed this book when I was first reading it. Like, I think my opinion of Benedict kind of changed a bit when I came back for a reread. But I did enjoy this when I first started because I, I really love Sophie. Like, I, I she's so different from, like, all the other heroes you're going to get out of her. Or heroines, yeah, yeah. they're going to get. Yeah, I, I did think that was accurate. I... Yeah, I would say that's a pretty accurate rating because I feel like that that covers most people. Like I would say most people probably rate this a four or three or three. So that's pretty accurate because it also had like over 200,000 ratings. Also makes sense given that Julia Quinn is a very well-known author and the Bridgerton series is a very well-known series. Even before the Netflix yeah. adaption, this was, this was like a very popular people's series. People's entryway into historicals. Yeah, agreed. It's like the one that you can always find. So I would say that's pretty that's pretty accurate. Like given how many reviews it has, like that's a that's a pretty accurate um, rating for this. This is dual dual POV, which I really liked. I do yeah. find. And this is, I don't read that many historicals, so maybe you can comment on this. Do you find that historicals, the switching between POVs, I find is always smoother in a historical romance than I find in contemporaries? Because I think contemporaries, they they want to, I think the structure of a contemporary is they try to do it like every chapter is right a is different, a different. And most of them are done in first person yeah correct where these are all done in third third and they just kind of like break in the paragraph and then you start into a different pov because i did sometimes i find it kind of jarring um and i do find so the only book that, that i can think of that we've read that 
is um, third person and jumps from paragraph to paragraph is is um, what's the Talia Hibbert one we just read? Uh, get a job, Eve Brown. That also was third person and jumped from like POV to POV mid paragraphs. Like it'd yeah. be like paragraph break, new person, like mid chapter. It would just switch back and forth, switch back and forth. And I did, f- I didn't find that confusing. Maybe, maybe I found that a little bit more confusing than I did this one, but a lot less confusing um, than I normally, I think would find it. But this one, I just thought it was so natural. And I, I didn't even think about the fact that this is a third person that, that it switched halfway through chapters until I was writing my notes about it. And I was like, oh yeah, that did do that. But the Telly Hibbert book, I noticed right away was doing that. I didn't notice that in this. Like it just seemed more natural in this book. And yeah, it could I mean, just like, be. I think this is just like widely known as like Julia Quinn books are so digestible and they're yeah, so agreed. They're so easy to read. Like regardless if I, you are not a true. fan of historicals. Yeah. I think she's a great author that like that's true they're super like they're 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 so easy to read yeah like I didn't have a hard time following this I'm not a historical person and I really enjoyed this book I wasn't sure if I would because like I don't know the Bridgertons are so hyped that sometimes I'm like I don't know and I really enjoyed this book um okay so our two characters Benedict and Sophie Benedict is obviously the second son yeah second oldest the b yeah the b in the in the alphabet it's so funny that like it is literally a joke in society that like like, the bridgertons are alphabetical like you know which one they are based on the first letter of their name and i thought that was i think it's so funny because like all the kids kind of hate it and i was like the the parents must have like just thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, they either thought it was hilarious, or they're like, oh my god, this is so cute. We should do that. And, like, all the kids are like, I fucking hate this so much. Yeah. It is pretty funny. And then, so, Benedict's 30. Sophie, so he's 30 in part two? Yeah. Part two onward. Part one is the first chap- the first section where they basically had, like, the Cinderella-y thing. And he's 27? 28 no, two years two years yeah. later and sophie's 20 at the time and she she is a illegitimate like bastard kid of an earl, an earl that was never claimed like he never recognized her as a he bastard recognized child. her as his ward but not as his child yes he claimed that she was a child of like a dear friend of his or like a a like relative like a cousin's kid no no he was just like this is a this is my ward like i don't think he ever explained to anybody yeah he explained who, that the, who she was to him she was he was just like this is my ward sophie he, she lives here he did explain because that was a story that they sold at the end that he used to tell people is that he he said that she was like a distant cousin's daughter and the cousin had like they the, the they had died and then he took care of her. Like, that was just how it was explained. Except she looked exactly like the Earl. Yeah, literally to the point that everyone was like, I feel like I know, I like, I've met you before. 
And she's like, no. Because she looks identical to like that family. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the Bridgertons all look the same. Yes. Um, and let's talk about the Cinderella thing for a second. So I did like that. I thought that was a really unique like meet cute basically. I also really liked Benedict in that like part. Yeah. But I thought it was a glove. Gl- I thought the glove was like kind of kind of dumb. I thought it was going to go somewhere. Like he he even got the glove with the initial on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was going to like he was going to figure it out based on that. I don't think that eventually his intelligence i don't know but violet would have like i thought one of them was gonna figure yeah, it out yeah I, I fully think if he brought his family in like hey this mystery girl that i'm like in love with he did I, tell his mom i don't think he yeah because violet looked at the thing and she was like oh this is this crest and they're like but that guy died and they're like yeah that's weird i don't know i think i think if he definitely like told like talked about it more with his family I think yeah like totally would have gotten it if, if he told Hyacinth or Eloise, yeah. they probably would have sleuthed the shit out of those. Like, if they, if they were, like, modern day, they would be Facebook stalking everybody. And I think they would they would be great at it. Yeah, I... Because I thought that was going to go somewhere. Like, I thought what was going to happen was that the glove was going to, like, in her little meager bag of belongings, that she was going to, like, have had the glove... And the glove was going to fall out and he was going to connect the dots. Like, I honestly thought the glove was going to come back. But it never did. Like, the Cinderella story ended in part one where they basically separated and didn't meet again until by chance, you know, two years later. And I honestly thought that the the big reveal was going to like happen because of the glove. And then she was going to have to tell him. But that never happened. He basically no. just, like, figured it out. And then she was like, yeah, you're right. It literally took... Like, I did think that, like, him figuring it out was kind of stupid. So dense. Like, there's some points that I feel, felt like that, like... Because he was like, I feel like I've met you before. And she so had Penelope. Like, and she was like... And so did Colin. And I, I think Penelope could have figured it out. I think I if agree. she spent more time with Sophie... Agreed. I think she would have figured it out because obviously Penelope is like the smartest person in the series. Yeah. Um, so like, but I, uh, yeah, he was so dense. Like he literally only figured it out because she was wearing a blindfold and it like she was mimicked playing, the mask. Yeah, when she she was playing like high like Marco Polo with some kids. Yeah, and she was wearing a blindfold and it mimicked like a dami mask, and he was like, "Wait a minute." This is why you've been so familiar. And it's just like, how dense can you be, Benedict? I, I did wish that this, the glove came back more. Like, I did wish that the Cinderella thing continued because it, as much as this is a retelling, like, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, it just, it just ends as like, oh, she left a glove. Oh, he's heartbroken. Oh, he looked for her. Okay, the end. Like, that was kind of it. And yeah, but I, I think deviates. it's, I think it's also the, like, in my opinion, the in the Cinderella strip telling the like idea that you could put the shoe on someone you and put like, the shoe oh. on it, and she has such a unique shoe size that it doesn't fit anybody. <laughs> like obviously the glove, obviously the glove is like, and like obviously it comes in pairs, so like 
obviously that I think if that played more of a thing in because she like, had the other slipper in Cinderella she put it on and she also could produce the other yeah slipper. but like I I do think that that idea of Cinderella is so fucking stupid and I kind of I'm glad that they didn't do the like really oh this glove fits you perfectly no I don't, I, I don't like that I don't I didn't like that portion of Cinderella anyway I thought it was going to be that he was going to find the other glove in her stuff or like she was going to drop it or something and he was going to be like wait a second I have this other glove but and then it was going to come drop out it? like she had like multiple times she had every single belonging she ever owned with her on her person for like multiple scenes i thought it was gonna at any point the glove was gonna like come out of the bag or something yeah yeah like there was i just felt like that was an unused plot that could have like manifested into something but then the glove just like it just that was just it like it just never came back but i think i don't know i feel like if they pulled that out too soon because like if like if they pulled it out when she decided to leave and she was like yeah and she got like the jail thing i thought that was what was gonna happen if she had like if he because she obviously didn't have her stuff with her she literally like dropped it on the doorstep and she like booked it yeah and i thought if like they found the stuff i thought it was gonna be that or like hyacinth found her bag and was like look there's a glove in here like obviously that would that's how i thought it was gonna happen i think if they brought, if they decided, if she decided to, to bring that in and they did it sooner, I think it would, like, ruin the, like... What, will she, won't she? No, it, it would ruin, I think, Benedict's arc of, like... Being upset. Not only... No, no, not being upset, but, like... His... Falling in love with Sophie as Sophie and not... Mystery the, girl. The woman in silver. Because I... When she dropped her bag and ran and they caught her, I was, like he's gonna find the glove like i honestly thought that what was gonna happen is they were gonna pick up her stuff and be like what happened like her stuff was still here and they were gonna go through the bag and then he was gonna be like frantic because he would then find out oh my god you're the miss ray woman and you're missing and that's how i thought it was gonna like happen but mm-hmm. it never did like the glove just kind of and the i feel like that was never came back to me. but i also i don't think she had the glove i i don't I know i think she put it back In- up it in, is, the, in the attic it was never mentioned but I, I i thought that she was gonna have taken that as the one like memento but that was my only disappointment with the whole cinderella retelling is that it never kind of came back it just kind of like was a thing at the beginning for like the meet cute and then that's it which I mean, is fine not, i guess I'm but not ba- i'm not mad about it because i, I think i would say if mad, they, like, just disappointed like if they if she tried to keep this as like a for sure cinderella retelling I think she wanted to make it her own, obviously, because it's part of the Bridgerton series. You know? I guess. Yeah. I did. Because, I mean, like, a lot happens in this book. Yeah. Like, a pretty decent amount of stuff happens. Because, basically, they have the meet cute Cinderella thing. She, like, sneaks in. She wears her uh, father's. Great, so it would her be grandmother's her, stuff, Yeah, it would basically. be her, like, grandmother's, like, old dress sneaks into this masquerade because mrs lady bridgerton is like known for throwing parties she meets colin and benedict but she obviously is like oh my god benedict's so dreamy (laughs) uh and then she runs away because she has to be home before her stepmother and stepsisters get home for the ball 
And then he, she like leaves her glove because they're dancing or something. And they took and the, she took, she it, took off. it off. And he has it. So he was like lur- looking around. And the reason she was kicked out of her house is because she wore he, the shoes. No, no, he came with the glove. And then her, her stepmother was like, only one person could have done it. And it's fucking Sophie. So we got to get rid of her. Yeah. And then basically she kind of just like floats for two years and she's up working it, at this she, house. Yeah, she's been like, she goes to the country and, and works in this house for these rich people who are like not quite, they're like not technically part of the ton because the way that they were described is they're not like a line of, a line, like a family line. They're like people who came into money via business. Mm-hmm. So they're like, quote unquote like in the ton but not in the ton because they're not like their birthright isn't in the ton yeah and the son is like an asshole like is always coming on to her she ends up getting saved by benedict because he's gonna like him and his friends are gonna rape her literally has like a party when his parents are out yeah like (laughs) like a very yeah it was very like childish kind of thing although they describe him as like maybe like 23 or something like he's young in this book like that's considered young for a regency and then he basically was like, okay, hey, let's just go to my house. And she's yeah, like, it was like raining. And she's like, I'm going to go now because she basically, after the guy tries to rape her, Benedict has to save her. Yeah. He's like, well, you're fired. And then she's like, fine, I'm leaving then. And she grabs her shit and she like, Benedict's like, well, it's dark. I'm not going to let you just like wander. And he was like, oh, I'll just get you a place in my mom's house. And she was like, this is a bad idea, but I don't have any other options. So let's just go with it and I'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah. And then she was like, after, cause Benedict gets sick yeah and they have to stay at the cottage which is literally called the cottage yeah for a couple days and before he goes home because he was gonna go home for like a specific thing because i think the season was starting i think he just had told his parents he was coming um but because it was she was like she basically was like i'm just gonna we're just gonna part ways after he goes to london and i'm gonna stay in the country and he but he wants to stick keep her around so he blackmails her into coming. He literally is like, I'll accuse you of stealing if you don't come with me. I'm like, Benedict, you little fucking shit. I don't know. OK, so let's talk about that. I don't think he would have done it, but no. I think that was a low, low blow, a low move of him. But let's talk about Benedict then as a character, because I thought his cheekiness was fucking endearing. I liked I it. liked when he was cheeky. What I didn't like was him acting like a spoiled brat. There are some sections where, yeah. in particular, when she, he was asking the her to be his thing. mistress, and he was like, I don't understand why you don't want to be my mistress. And she's like, I said no. Just fucking accept it. And he was like, I, don't, I could give you anything. And he would, like, throw a tantrum. And he, he did it, like, three times. And I don't. I know. was like, Benedict. Did it like, bother you the first time you read the book? Not the first time, because I was like, I, I didn't, it, it didn't bother me the first time. But when I reread it, I was like, this, like... If I was, like, Sophie's friend, I would have been like, you gotta fucking run. Like, red flag right there. I I liked it. I liked that he continued to, like, ruthlessly pursue her. But he didn't pursue her in the right manner. Like, he didn't... Like, obviously, the the class system, like, I understand. But he, like... I found that he just, like, wasn't respecting what she was saying. And Sophie is, is really intelligent. She's educated. Whether it is, like... I don't. acknowledged by society or not she's really educated and she knows her own mind and when benedict was like why well, i don't understand why you won't want to be my mistress and be like locked away in a house have no legitimate children with me 
yeah. but I will love you. And she's like, no, I don't want that. He like he would like stomp his feet like a little fucking tantrum. I I didn't find it that like I didn't think that ruined Benedict for me. Like I like that he ruthlessly pursued her and I like that she held her ground because I think if she had given in, I think I would have disliked her a little bit more. But I I get like I didn't feel like he was like I didn't feel like it lessened who he was like I didn't think it like it I didn't, think it, it, it wasn't a mark against him in my opinion because part of it's the time and that men thought they had a right to do whatever they wanted and he does understand why he, she says no but he doesn't but he, understand because he, he doesn't understand literally until she like like they after they sleep together and she's like I'm a bastard and I'm never gonna have a bastard child like I'm never gonna put my kid like a kid through that yeah and he doesn't realize until she like storms out where he when he's talking to Colin he doesn't realize until then that like oh you know what I haven't been looking at it since in her shoes he's been looking at it as like I don't see how this is an issue you could have a life of luxury but instead you decided you want to be a fucking servant like I mean, and this is like he has he does this like three times and he doesn't like like in particular when he has that blow up after they sleep together and she's like no I'm not gonna be your mistress like and he was like I thought just you sleeping with me was like, yeah he's agreement. like oh I'll get I'll get someone to grab your stuff and she's like no leave it leave it there I did I think the thing is the reason I think it didn't bother me is because Sophie held her ground I think that if if Julia Quinn had written this differently and she had wrote into the book that Sophie eventually gives in and they kind of like end up together that way. I mean, I wouldn't want to be the mistress. I think, I think that if, can you guys hear that? Is that, is that any feedback? I think that if, Sophie had given in and done like if she had changed who she was fundamentally and done it anyway I think that would have bothered me that would have bothered me in both parts on her him for keep, keeping like kept I asking and like her for that. saying yes but because she continues to say no it doesn't bother me like I that didn't really bother me that much because I like that he I think he should have I also think he should have groveled a bit more like obviously, Although, yeah. He saved they, her from fucking jail, he saved man. Saved her from getting shipped off to Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I still think he should have groveled because she kind of just like forgave him, and I understand that she. And also, the also, line that really bugged me was like when he after he finished talking to Colin, and Colin was like, "I don't understand what the problem is. You fucking hate everybody, so like you don't even want to be part of society. So why you? Why does it bother? Why you? does it bother you in any way, shape, or form?" And he was like, Colin was like, yeah, and go apologize to her. And he's like, oh, I'm going to apologize, but she's going to apologize for a lot. And I'm like, Benedict, you just threw a tantrum and you think she's going to apologize to you? But to be fair, he felt like he'd been tricked. And like, I do get that. I, I understand why she didn't tell him. Yes, I understand too. Because she felt like it didn't wasn't going to make a difference. And he didn't recognize her. And she was like a little bit butthurt about it which yeah. is fair i would also be butthurt about it i'd be like a little disappointed because you... he kept talking about like how he was like in love with this woman in silver and he couldn't recognize her <laughs> without the, the life ma- of him without the <laughs> fucking mask on he couldn't recognize her yeah i mean i don't know i think that that was a good little reveal though if they weren't gonna bring back the and glove then he throws another tantrum i get that he 
Yeah, I actually didn't. I wasn't bothered by that part at all, to be honest. Like, Honestly, I wasn't bothered that's by. That's probably like my least favorite part is like Benedict's little tantrums where he, because he, she won't be a mistress. Yeah, with him kept kept asking her to be a mistress, and she's like, no. I do not want to be. He literally was like, I don't understand. You need to get like, she needs to give like a PowerPoint presentation on why she like, she didn't want to be a mistress. His mistress. My, my least favorite part. My least favorite part was probably. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have to, I, I had like a couple ones in mind, but like, yeah, I guess I, I get yours. Because my least favorite part comes back to like the the stepsisters and the mom, the stepsister, like the evil, the actual evil stepsister, um, Ro- Rosmond. Yeah. Rosemond? Didn't she end up marrying the dude that tried to rape Sophie? She, I think she almost did, but um, she um, she never comes back in the book. Like she basically just fucking disappears. I mean, that's enough. That's. They only have what? How long is this book? Two hundred? No, three hundred something pages. No, this is a pretty. I can I can look right now on the actual book. Don't include the extra epilogues, though. Um, the the extra epilogues are actually pretty long. Okay, here's the last chapter. Like four or just over four hundred, probably. I don't know. I don't think she like because the first epilogue. I don't think she, like obviously she needed two evil stepsisters or two stepsisters. Yeah. Okay. To be here, Cinderella retelling. Four hundred and twenty-two. But I also don't think the other sister, like, really like add, adding her more in would have added anything to the story. I because I honestly like the thing I do like about the Julie Quinn books is they never really like. Like, obviously, you get the Bridgertons all interacting and stuff. And I really, I, I love it when all the kids are interacting. But they don't really ponder on, like, other side plots. It's like, this is the story, which is the I romance. Did, I do like that. I okay. So And I felt like that would have been pondering on, like, a different side plot that, like. Okay. Actually, I know what my least favorite part is. My least favorite part is the weird, I saved you from being raped. And then no one fucking really. Like, the seriousness of that just being so, like, nonchalant. Yeah. Like, I think maybe if that had been a different scene where, like, maybe... But this was the early 2000s. Trauma wasn't a thing. Come on, I guys. guess so. Because I was, like, maybe if that had been, like, oh, like, it was a more public setting where he talked about, like, oh, I'm, like, hinted that he was going to come find her and rape her later. And then Bennett could be, like, ooh, that's, yeah, we should go. But the fact that it was, like, legitimately, like, she was about to be raped outside by th- him and, like, two of his friends. And it was just so nonchalant. I just thought that was such a weird, like, it should have weighed more in yeah. her eyes. And hit, like, it was very, like. It was just mainly used as a plot device to bring them back together. Yeah. And I didn't like how, I feel like they sh- it should have been less serious of a thing if it wasn't going to be, like, a. Thing that like actually was traumatic because that was mm-hmm. in my opinion pretty traumatic it could have just been like the guy like not attempted to rape her but like tried to come on her and she was like no and he's like oh then you get the fuck out yeah like i i just think that like the crime like, you can also be my mistress 
yeah it was a weird that was that was weird for me um my my favorite part okay so I, I have like two favorite parts the first one is an actual scene and it's the scene where she spies him like the swimming naked in, in that oh pond. my god that was that my is, favorite part yeah he was like <laughs> she's going to leave if i get better so i must make myself ill so he goes naked butt naked in the middle of winter swimming so she would stay around longer no he goes in because he had a boner and he was like i need to take a cold shower and he's no, like I'm he a- was like i need to be sick because she's gonna leave i don't if I'm think not sick. so i can no, pull I it think, up i think I've, that's why i literally finished his book a day ago i i that's not what it was but it was so funny because he like spies her there and she's like i shouldn't watch but i'm gonna watch see if he's naked and then she like pretends to be like so proper but she's also like i kind of want to look and he's very like i know she wants to look but i know she doesn't want to admit she doesn't want to like she wants to look i just thought that was like it was such a fun scene and i yeah i just loved that that scene was really good I know that you already said you didn't like this, but my other favorite part is I loved the like cheekiness. Like I loved his like need to constantly be around and like probe at her to be like, Oh, you can't be in a room with me. And like, just how cheeky, I, I, I love how cheeky problem. he was. My problem wasn't the him being like, I want to be around. I want to ask questions. I want to like, my problem was he continued to like she said no she set her boundary and he was like well i don't understand why you want to you don't want to be my mistress i don't know i i just loved how cheeky he was like i benedict is probably of the heroes that i've recently read he's probably up there to be honest because he was really freaking cute i thought he was super cute in this like yeah i just thought he was so cute um and it makes me wish that I, because this book isn't talked about very often, I feel like I should read Anthony's book because I feel like I would like it. Didn't you? You've read the first one, right? Didn't you? I haven't read the first one. Oh, I thought you read Everyone it. talks about how they skip it because it's now like a, it's now like a non, it's a, it's an elephant in the room that nobody wants to bring which up. Which is interesting. Uh, I, I, I will admit it's, even if you ignore the rape the non-consent rape scene yeah um it's still not it's not one of my favorites because basically i would say the viscount and who loved me and um what's the first one called uh the duke Duke and and i I. they kind of like simon and anthony kind of have the same mentality of like getting married and so they're kind of like, right? Like they're very similar, I would say. Right. So, but I I did enjoy Anthony's book better. The one thing that I didn't realize because I've watched the show and not watched read the books is that um, Simon's supposed to be a cinnamon roll, and in the show he's yeah, not he's, a fucking cinnamon roll. He's supposed to be like a like the first like beta like true beta beta hero, yeah. and because he's apparently like a true cinnamon roll, like. And I haven't read it, so I wouldn't be able to confirm. But everyone mm. I've talked to has said that. And in the show, I would not have said that. But like, have have watched the show and not read the book, I would not have said that based on what I watched in the show. But I yeah. guess like to you have to have some you know sex appeal for the 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 opening of a show. So like, I get why they did it, but I did wish 
I don't know. I wish that they had made him just kept him a cinnamon roll then. Because he's not a cinnamon but roll in the first, in that series. What's the actress name? Ray Reggae Jean, Jean Paul. Paul or something. Jean he's something. A, I don't think he, in his, like, in his very being, I don't think he could play a cinnamon roll. I think it's just I think the way he. think it would fucking good if he did, though. I don't know. Um, Anthony's also not a cinnamon roll. Even like even from no. his book, I was like, There's Anthony's no way. not a cinnamon roll though. Because they think like I think book. like people talk about how the Bridgerton books are like all like the beta cinnamon roll heroes, and I'm like, mm. has anyone read Anthony's book? Because <laughs> Benedict, I would say, is a beta. Or... Yeah, I I wouldn't say Anthony is. I also wouldn't say oh maybe I wouldn't say Colin is. Just like on like once you got his perspective, like obviously if you're like looking into Colin from like all the other books, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, he's totally beta. But from his book, he, I wouldn't necessarily say he comes across as that. Um, Eloise's book definitely a beta hero. So is Hyacinth's book, because Hyacinth is like <laughs> Hyacinth is a personality. And I was, I heard that I've I heard ca- like that a lot of people don't like her. She's kind of annoying. But I mean, it's like, because like even her scenes, like she's good in little bursts. So like you get little scenes of her and all the other books and you're like, okay, she's fine because she's like quirky and she's like kind of a know-it-all. But then when you get her book, it's like nonstop that and you're just like, okay, this is a little too much for me. But I do think that if Julia Quinn didn't write the Bridgertons is different. It'd be the same book over and over again. So yeah, like, all like, the siblings are the, very all different. The siblings have to be very different. So like, I do think that that is still, I think that's still a plus, even if it's not for everybody. I think like overall, would I reread this? Yes, probably. It's I cute. Mean, I own it. I've been um, trying to get my favorite Bridgerton books as the original prince. Would you? So you'd reread this then, obviously. Yeah, and I, obviously I would recommend it because I fucking recommended it to you. Yeah, I would recommend this for sure. For I think anybody, I would really. recommend Julia Quinn in general as like to anybody. She's it's all her books are so digestible. You're like even if you don't end up liking the characters a hundred percent, I think you're still gonna have a good time reading any of the Bridgerton books and like obviously she's like written more than this series yeah she's written quite uh but I think like obviously I think you're just have a gonna have a good time regardless I liked this book better than what's the Lisa Claypass that we did Dreaming of You yeah I did I I feel like which is I feel like a very controversial thing to say but I liked this better than that um i enjoyed dreaming of you what steaminess i don't know would you give this i had like a two okay i had a one or two because i was like okay they do have a lot of scenes with sexual tension like the pond scene Mm -hmm. and there's a cut like the the where they kiss in the um garden yeah so i do feel like maybe like a one and a half i don't know do you think it's a two well there's like two sex scenes is there yeah what's the second sex scene the one the, the one first after one? the bath oh yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. when they're like after the conclusion i think it would be like thing. a like the one is like fade to black <laughs> okay that would yeah. be what like the one is <laughs> okay yeah i would say this is a two this is the two you're right you're right this is a two um 
my rating is surprisingly higher than yours. I gave this a five on Goodreads, but I would give it a 4.5. Like if I could give a, f- a 0.5, you knew this a four. I is a four after rereading it. Did I you definitely... change your, so what was your rating after originally? The first reading, I would say this is like a 4.5, but now rereading. Now that Benedict's annoying, you're yeah. interesting. Yeah, I would give this a 4.5. I don't know. Should I round up on Goodreads? I feel like it depends on the book because sometimes I round up and sometimes I don't. <laughs> I think I don't remember what my Goodreads rating of The Viscount Who Loved Me, but I, I probably. I don't but know. I'm comparing it to The Viscount Who Loved Me, and I enjoy The Viscount Who Loved Me much more than this maybe one. i should read that one i liked Anth- i liked anthony season in the tv I show liked, um although what's her fucking name to be fair a tv show is like not but they do i will say anthony's season is not like his book at oh all. really like they start off with the same premise of him like pursuing his her sister because she's the one that's having the season yeah but her being like like him actually like a proposing to her and them going to like have a wedding he like literally tries to pursue her and then after he realizes he like kate better he was like he like stopped pursuing her and then don't they get caught and she's compromised and they have to get yeah married? because the, the b the beast thing is like a thing is like yeah a thing. okay yeah. maybe i'll read it i do like a good like you know, arranged marriage, marriage of convenience, slash, like, also Anthony's, and they have to get married. Anthony's, like, logic on things sometimes. You're just, like, this. he's, like, I would say the smartest Bergerton son, but, like, his logic on, like, why he can't get married, I'm, like, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there has to be something. I think if he said though. this logic out loud to anybody, but he kept it in his head, I he would be, like, everyone would be, like, you're fucking dumb. Because him and Daphne are close. Yeah. Okay. Well, also Simon is his best, one of his best friends. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, any last words for this book? Um, I think you should read the Bridgerton books. Mm. I don't know if I'll read the first one. I still haven't read on um, the way to the wedding, which is Gregory's book, because honestly, you don't get much Gregory in any of the books. Yeah, because he is too young to be. He's in- too young, and then also he has like no distinct personality. Well, you haven't read his books, you would know. Well, like all the other books, because I've read up to Hyacinth's book, which is the seventh book. He's also the youngest, though. No, Hyacinth. Yeah, but he's he's the men get sent to school. But yeah, because in Hyacinth's book, he's off to school. School, but he like he doesn't have really a distinct personality, in my opinion. Hmm. Because like you get Eloise's personality, you get Hyacinth's personality. Yeah, you get Colin is like the like wanderer. You get Benedict is like the like free spirit like artist and then anthony is like the strict like yeah i'm yeah. the eldest child and that's my entire personality and then daphne is like the mother figure yeah. and then eloise is like the true feminist that like you can't tell me what to do i'm my own person yeah and then hyacinth is like a little annoying shit <laughs> interesting i mean yeah i don't know i'll have to maybe i'll think about reading them i'll have to decide I'm not generally a historical person. I wouldn't but recommend I, reading them all after after another because they will just start blending together, and you're oh, like, really? I, in particular, the 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 male like the heroes, they kind of like if you read them right after each other, they will blend together. Because I wanted to read Eloise's book based off 
like how she's portrayed in the show. She's so annoying in the show. But I've heard that her book isn't good. I've heard I that enjoyed it's, her book. I enjoyed her book uh, okay. better than Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Oh, Everyone loves Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Yeah, I have heard that too. Uh, but I've heard Colin's really annoying in it. Colin is from really multiple annoying. people that I've heard that. But I I enjoyed Eloise's book. Okay, because hers is to Sir Philip with love, and she marries a widower. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And he's been introduced in the show already, so you oh. know the girl that Colin was like going to marry in the first season no she's pregos oh yeah oh the guy that shows up the guy that shows up, up that's like his up. brother yeah because she was meant to marry his brother and then his brother died of war so then he was like i have to marry her now he's who eloise marries wait does she die yeah basically oh, they have twins <laughs> oh shit and then she she like I don't want to spoil it, but she does die. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Um. Well, then. I think that's a good note to end well, on. Well, he's a widower, widower, so somebody, some wife is going to have to die. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was somebody that, like, I guess, I mean, I haven't read the other two books. So I don't know if she's actually introduced in those books. No. Or if that's just a side plot they added into the show to, no, like, No, he's pre-face. not. They, they added him to the show because they obviously they wanted pre-shadow they wanted to pre-shadow they wanted easter eggs for the people who read the books and the fan of the series uh but you do not meet him in the books interesting okay good to know well on that note i have nothing else to say yeah nothing else next week we're doing the last book of fairy tale feb and it is a little mermaid retelling it's also ya i love it so we will see because i am not once I stopped being a YA, I do not read YA. So we will see how with that anything goes. That... I don't know. Sometimes I just can't. So we will see. Um, that's all for this week. As usual, um, don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell your friends, share about, share us on social media, connect with us. We're generally on Instagram. Um, you can also email us. Our email is on our Instagram, but it's also Sisters Reading Romance Podcast. It's podcast. Is it podcast? Yeah. At gmail.com. Send us your recs. We always enjoy um, book recommendations. And we'll be back in your ears next week. Bye. Bye.